Scott Sprites are joining us. DocSports.com. Uh, our handicappers extraordinaires together today as we take a good hard look at uh, NFL Week 5 and some college uh, football as well, too. So let's uh, keep rocking and rolling. Scott, what's going on, my man? Yeah, how you doing, TC? How's it going, man? Good, brother. Good. All right, man. We're ready uh, to go here. Week number five here. Let's uh, let's start with a little handicapping of uh, tonight's game as we talk about the Detroit Lions traveling to Green Bay, making that short trip, going to Lambeau Field, NFC Central slash North Battle. And we've got the Lions, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Looks like... More and more money keeps coming on the Detroit Lions here, my friend. You got an opinion? Yeah, it's kind of funny. You talk, you know, about Green Bay and the injury update that came out uh, not too long ago. Although it was expected, they were still listed as questionable, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. And then, oh, gosh, not all that long ago, we saw them be upgraded from questionable to probable earlier today. And what happens when Aaron Jones and Christian Watson go from questionable to probable for the Packers, people continue betting on the Detroit Lions. So shows you what they matter in the, in the minds of the, uh, of the betters. I see two and a half. You know, earlier it was two. So Detroit's getting the action. A couple of places that I use to track uh, uh, bets for football, both have Detroit in that 65 to 70% range as far as the tickets. You know, the under in the first half of these Thursday night games, I mean, they've been the way to go the last 11 weeks that we've had Thursday night football going back to last year. But the two things that I like the most, I've already uh, teased Green Bay to plus eight and a half to Philadelphia on Sunday, minus two. So that's the play I made there. And then as far as a prop tonight, I got kind of involved in a few props. And yeah, I don't go crazy with these and, and probably have maybe three or four a week. But I got Sam Laporta yesterday morning over 41 and a half receiving yards up to 42 and a half so the price has come down from where it was yesterday but 42 and a half and uh the uh the uh, price is right around minus a buck 15 i also like it to go over four and a half receptions but the prop i played was over 41 and a half receiving yards and one of the reasons that i liked and played amon ross st brown over a thousand and a half yards before the season began was because of laporta and what he brings to this offense he's performing even better than i thought he would he's averaging over six receptions per game seven targets per game. Uh, he's averaging 62 receiving yards per contest. He finished with 84 against the Falcons, 63 against Seattle. And, of course, Jamison Williams is still out serving that suspension for three more games, so that's why he becomes even more important to Jared Goff and this offense. And the one thing we know about Green Bay, man, their first couple of games, we've seen teams attacking them with tight ends like crazy. So I, I expect Laporta to go over that 41-and-a-half in this game. But, again, as far as a side or total, I didn't play it. I just teased Green Bay again up to eight and a half to Philly on Sunday, minus two. Ah, uh, Scott, you and I are on the same uh, side there with the teaser pleaser, baby, for the Packers. So uh, that's that's nice. I like to hear that. Marco, what are your thoughts about tonight's game? Well, I definitely agree with the teaser end of that. I'm looking at the total, and I'm, I'm going to buck a trend. So far, these Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night games have all been dead unders. I think it's 9-2 and two now to the under. But I'm looking at it to go over tonight. Uh, yeah, you've got the short week. It is two division rivals. Got Jordan Love making his first start on primetime. Uh, I look at it, and everybody's looking at that defense at Green Bay and say, hey, they only gave up 20 to Chicago, 25 to Atlanta, and 17 to New Orleans. But I'm going to flip it around and say 
Chicago, Justin Fields, we've talked about him numerous times. He's not a good quarterback. That offense never threatened. You talk about the Atlanta game. You know, they did give up 25 points in that one. Atlanta's a team that just runs the football. You know, Desmond Ritter, you know, still learning what's going on. And then last week, they gave up 17 early to the Saints, and Carr got hurt, and then there was no more scoring. I think you're going to see scoring tonight. We know what that Lions offense can do. This will be the best offense they've faced so far. And if they get the lead, Detroit, you know Green Bay is going to have to force the issue. You could get some turnovers for possible uh, cheap score. And then I'm counting on the Lions to do what the Lions do best. Score a lot of points and give up points in the second half. Uh, so I am looking at the over in this one. But I do have a teaser with Green Bay personally. I didn't give the teaser out to the clients, but setting up a few teasers with Green Bay. Scott, you got to see if I could jump in real yep, quick. What's yep. wrong with Justin Fields? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but I, I do know one thing that Marco's going to be rooting for uh, Sam Laporta to, to, to gain a lot of yardage, yep. which I appreciate. I'll root for your over. And also, keep going with Amon Ross St. Brown. I've got him over a thousand and a half yards, uh, Marco, uh, that I got back in July. And right now he's on pace to catch about 1,550 yards worth of passes, which would put him well over by about 500 yards. So let's get St. Brown, let's get Laporta, let's get the over, and let's have Green Bay at, le- at the very least cover the teaser. Yeah, Scott is, uh, was on St. Brown from the beginning, yeah. back in preseason. Uh, very, very good call so far, no question about that. Even though I believe in that opening week, Scott, he, 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 he uh, tortured you, didn't he? Because he, he had like six catches, and, and then they got they get shut it off against Kansas City, right? I had a prop of, I think it was six and a half, yeah. if I recall. Oh, I talked okay. about it on your show. Yeah. And he had like six grabs with like two minutes to go in the first half, and then you <laughs> catch another ball or something like that, a couple of the drops in the second half. And uh, I remember I got a text from you, and you were like, hey, nice call. They're still in the first half. He only needs one more catch. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Kiss of death, Marco. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to just say, you know, I get these from uh, TC all the time, and I'm like, will you stop? It's a nine-inning <laughs> game. It's a four-quarter football game. Don't be congratulating me okay, at listen. halftime. Okay, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a halt to the bout. Joe Cortez just left here, okay? okay. I'm calling a halt to the bout because that was not me because I was on an airplane that night because I couldn't even watch the game. That was the, Remember that? I was in Kansas City in Detroit, and I'm sitting there watch, uh, looking over people's uh, uh, cell phones uh, you know, in the row in front of me you know, to, to, to watch that so game. Do I have to bring up so. Valdez? Framber Valdez, whenever you texted me when we well, had that, Houston. That was, accurate. that was accurate, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. You texted that's, me that's like in a great sick- thing about That's the great thing about text. Yeah. I've still got that text yeah. about Amon Ross A. Brown. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the fifth or sixth inning, and he texted me, oh, Valdez is throwing a no-no. We're good. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Uh, guilty. Uh, guilty as charged. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Hey, speaking of Fran Bravalzell, he couldn't, he couldn't even get past the fifth inning last night. And just, yeah, he's, he's gone bad. But luckily, the Astros offense came came. I had him first anyway. five and cash. So yeah. it was it was a sweat. But. <laughs> All right. So I want to know uh, which one of you guys is going to be up at uh, 630 in the morning. So here we go. We've got the uh, overseas game with Atlanta, <laughs> Jacksonville, Wembley Stadium in London. You know how much I, I, I hate these things, but uh, an opinion at all with Atlanta or Jacksonville, Scott? 
Man, I, I was waiting for the uh, British accent to come through there, a yeah. Cockney accent or something, when you set that one up, but I guess it's going to give you a little Monty Python. That's what's going to give you this, Sprite, sir. The heck? What, where, what, what part of London is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I get my Aussie and my, and my English uh, kind of confused. <laughs> there you go. That's not an Aussie. Jeez. Uh, listen, uh, I, um, I, I actually laid it with the Jags here. Uh, you know, they're used to making this trip, obviously, for one thing, if that really matters. But Atlanta's offense is so one-dimensional. Uh, they must run the football because the passing game is a good Desmond Ritter. He's kind of small, and he's under constant pressure. And then the Jags are excellent against the run. After, you know, we saw that clunker last week. I actually was on Houston in that game, so I'm going to come back and hopefully make it two wins in a row by playing a game involving the Jaguars. I do like him here. I laid the field goal. I think they'll handle the Falcons across the pond, and I'm not doing any British, British accents, so there. <laughs> Thank but, goodness. Uh, I did lay the points with Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm not involved in this one, but if I was, I would agree with you on the Jacksonville side because of the absolute clunker that they laid. The only problem is Atlanta laid one, too, uh, but Atlanta's one-dimensional, the running game. And if I remember right, a couple times, I don't know what the field conditions are over there. Uh, didn't we have problems one year with the the field being the grass? And Yeah, uh, I think they changed all that up now and, okay. and back there. And uh, we talked to our... Our, course, our English correspondent, Paul Buckpower-Stewart, he's talking about how they, they've gone pretty much all to AstroTurf for these, these fields. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, I, just, I want nothing involved with anything except maybe uh, a, an international game between Germany and England, okay? That's it on that field. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I mean, not even a Tottenham and, and Liverpool or whatever, Scott, okay? I know you're a well, Premier League guy. They, they would play on those well-manicured grass fields over there a few yes. times. And, and yeah. you know what? Penn State used to do the same thing in college football. When they'd go up against an opponent who was faster than them, and I'm not going to say it was only Penn State, oh, but yeah. they did it more than anybody else. That grass was eight feet tall. Yeah. It, you know, and that's kind of what they did a couple of times over on the British Isle, is that grass would be a little out of control. Uh, but I think, they've, I think they've cleaned up the issue over there now. So, yeah, I, and I like Jacksonville. It's one of my favorite three or four plays this week. Okay, guys, let's talk about Miami and Buffalo. Obviously, two AFC East teams uh, doing battle. And, of course, the Bills, uh, they've gotten it right the last two weeks with a couple big-time victories. And we know what Miami did. They only put, uh, you know, 700 yards uh, you know, on the board and 70 points uh, last week against the Denver Broncos. Uh, am I the only one that's thinking beware here if you're thinking about Miami? Because it just seems like if you go back in history, uh, a team is n- never replicates what they do the week before, and the public kind of falls in love with that team. I think that Buffalo, like Philadelphia, these two teams are, are trending in the right direction here. And I think Miami could be in for a little buzzsaw here when they go up to Orchard Park. Well, I'll tell you, and Scott will know what I'm going to say because we've done a ton of shows together, and I always say no team is as good as their best game or they as, as bad as their worst game. We absolutely saw the best game out of the Miami Dolphins last week, and it's, they're going to get a ton of love because of that. I think we're getting a benefit on this line. I think this line's too low on Buffalo, and I hate to say it in week four, but this is almost a must-win for Buffalo because if Miami wins the game, they go to 4-0, and and Buffalo's 2-2 two and two in the division. So you say, well, that's only a two-game lead. No, it's a three-game lead because you got yeah. the head-to-head, yeah. and the second meeting's going to be in Miami. This is a game that, you know, quote, Chris Berman, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo <laughs> Bills, and this is one of those games. I, I like Buffalo. Yeah, you know, it's... 
I'm thinking about Buffalo when they played a real offense. That was the Chargers in week one, and they gave up 34. Excuse me, not Buffalo, but Miami. And they gave up 34 to the Chargers, and they were quite fortunate to win that game. It took mistakes by the Chargers for them to lose the contest to the Dolphins, and I'm not trying to take away too much uh, from Miami, what they've done. They're an incredible coach. Let's not forget that since that uh, opening Monday loss, when Josh Allen did his, I mean, he was the best player for the Jets that night. He was missing <laughs> passes. He was, he panicked so many times in that game and would throw into double coverage and triple coverage. But since then, they've outscored the Raiders and the Commanders 75 to 13. So it's not like, you know, they're not winning games impressively. The last two have been fantastic. Six and one of the last seven at home. They did beat the Dolphins a couple of times last year. And I'm kind of with you guys also. You know, we saw a team in the NFL at their ultimate best. It's tough to do that two games in a row. You add in the fact, you know, I'm not a big motivation guy, especially in pro sports, because I think a lot of times, and, you know, I do a Wednesday night show with a guy who used to play for the Giants uh, by the name of Rob Zadishka, and I was talking to him again last night. He played for the Giants for about six years. And I go, what, you know, we always hear about this motivation of revenge and stuff like that. And I go, I've always assumed it lasts until maybe the second play from scrimmage. Then you've got to pay attention to what the heck you're doing. And he said, exactly. And I said, but how about when you know how deep in the hole you're going to be if Buffalo loses this game to Miami, which Marco just talked about. And he said, that could kind of stay with you a little bit longer than the first two or three plays. I think we see Buffalo at their best which is good enough, I think, to beat Miami by a touchdown. I think we're all three on uh, that page. All right, let's talk about the Raiders and the Chargers. Raiders obviously have quarterback issues. Jimmy Garoppolo in concussion protocol. Uh, still not sure if he's going to play or not. Then the big question mark, is it Hoyer, is it O'Connell? i got to believe it's going to be Hoyer just because that's why he's here. And I know that a lot of fans are saying, well, look what Aiden O'Connell did in preseason. Forget that. Throw that out the window. Hoyer is there for these type of situations. But with all that being said, the Chargers' offense is spectacular, uh, but they got two negatives for this team. I think we all agree upon Brandon Stately is, is, is one, and then the Charger defense, uh, specifically the secondary, uh, another one here. Looks like this line's coming down a little bit, guys. It was six, and I'm seeing like five and a halves now. Uh, some thoughts. Scott, let's start with you. Raiders, Chargers. I, I like the Chargers in this game, and you know I, I know about the defense. Obviously, we all know about the head coach and what's going on there. Uh, Jimmy G, if he did play, I mean, he's got more interceptions than touchdowns on the season, so I don't know how much he matters being out there or not. His best running back, which does matter, is averaging two yards per carry. Uh, his head coach is probably worse than the guy in the, under the headset on the other <laughs> sideline. I mean, that was ridiculous the other night. A great, off, a great coordinator, but many he's just lost when it comes to being a head coach. So the Chargers, you know, disappointing because their defense is worse than I thought it was going to be this year. But the D came up big when it needed to against the Vikings. It got me a win last week when I was a little bit worried it was going to go the other way because I don't have a lot of trust in the Charger D. Uh, but they don't need to come up big against, you know, Hoyer in all likelihood. O'Connell, as you mentioned, he was really good in the preseason, but I doubt he gets the starting nod here. If he does, I'm great. I like laying the points against a rookie quarterback in his first outing or Hoyer. Uh, what they got to do is get in position on defense and not make dumb mistakes. And as far as the Raiders, I mean, they get no pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They've allowed 76 of 99 passing, seven touchdowns. They've got no interceptions of those 99 passes. Chargers' pass block rate, if you look for metrics, is one of the tops in the NFL. Their pass blocking rate is excellent. And then you've got Herbert, 74% passer, six touchdowns. No picks. I know they don't have Mike Williams, but I think you're going to have a good receiving core who's going to come to play and fill in for Mike Williams. And I like Kellen Moore's offense to do damage. So 
I'm going to back the Chargers here minus the points. All right. I can't disagree with the Chargers. I just, you know, I just can't lay points with them. They they scare me, but I don't want the Raiders either with the, the situation at quarterback. But I look at this one. I still like the over, even if we got to go to the backup quarterback with the Raiders, because the Chargers' defense is is horrific. And the Raiders, we saw what the Raiders can do giving up. They gave up 38 points in Buffalo to a very good offense, obviously. But last week, Kenny Pickett had his best game as a Steeler. That's the first time that he threw two touchdown passes. And we know how stagnant the Steeler offense has been. And they were able to get, you know, 23 against them. If the Raiders could somehow get 20 points in this game, I think this sells way over the total. And that's the only way I could look if I play it. All right. Only thing you got to do, Marco, is sweat, you know, uh, the uh, the old head coach there for the Raiders kicking field goals on third and five from the fifteen. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll be down by a true two possession game where they have to go for it. There you go. Oh my goodness! All right. Uh, anything else on the? Uh, we don't want you to give away your best bets. We'll save those uh, for tomorrow. But anything uh, else that you guys want to want to throw out there, Marco? Well, you you know I love talking situations, and you know I love my Pittsburgh Steelers, but I love money more than I love the Steelers. <laughs> and this is a horrible spot for the Steelers. You're coming off um, that big home game on Sunday they had here in Vegas. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, all the Steeler faithful were here. They win that game. Now they got to play a second week in a row on the road at Houston. That's always a tough spot. But look at who they play after Houston. This is the perfect sandwich between the Raider big game Sunday night, Baltimore at home the following week. You can't get a bigger sandwich than that. Now, the only negative is, does Houston, who pulled a major upset last week, do they come up flat in this game? I don't think so. They're at home. I like what C.J. Stroud's been doing so far. I got to say it. I hate to. I hope Pittsburgh's not listening. Go, I, I got to go against them. Uh, Scott, he says that he uh, likes uh, money more. I, I, I'm going to disagree. I think he likes food more, okay? And he brought in the sandwich. He brought in the sandwich. I mean, I think all three of us are at the – oh, he's trying to call a timeout. You know, you burned all your timeouts in hour one. You don't have any left. There's, there's this is the guy that's telling me that I like food more than anything else, okay? But you need money. You need money to buy the food. Not all of well, us get comped all over well, Vegas. Excuse me, I was about to say some of us. Yeah. Some of you need money yeah. to buy food. Yeah. Well, I, I was just going to say there's three people on the show right now who like food more than anything else. I agree. Marco is right, technically. You do, you do need money to, buy, uh, to purchase that food unless you're TZ, uh, Mr. Comp. But uh, you know what? I, I, I agree with Marco, which is scary to say that I like Houston two weeks in a row, but I like what D'Amico Ryans is actually doing down there. But uh, you had Barry Odom on earlier, right? Yeah. And so I'm going to go to the game at Allegiant on Saturday I'm going to do something that I haven't done since Jerry Tarkanian was coaching the Running Rebels, and I laid doubles with the basketball You're team. You're going to paint your face? You're going to paint your face scarlet and red? Or scarlet and gray? Hey, now, I'm going, to, I'm going to lay 11 with UNLV over Hawaii. Wow. Okay. And I really like this go-go offense, as they call it, that they're exhibiting this season. Outman teams having issues with it. Hawaii's an outman team. I think Barry Odom did some really nice things at Mizzou. Uh, but it's not just Odom here in Las Vegas so far. This guy, if you guys have, I mean, maybe you guys talked about it earlier. I had to miss the show, but 
Brennan Marion, the new offensive coordinator. I mean, UNLV is so fortunate to have this guy. I don't want to put it out there for people to think about around the country, but I think Marion is going to get a really cool job offer in the next couple of years. That's how much I respect this guy. He was the wide receiver coach at Hawaii in 2020. Their receivers had a great year. He went to Pitt, Marco's hometown, the Pitt Panthers in 2021. They had a bust-out year, and one of their receivers won the Bolitnikoff. Wide receivers coach last year at Texas, heads to Vegas. I really do like Marion and his offense. Uh, Doug Brumfield, by the way, obviously got hurt a few weeks ago. Didn't hear you talking to Odom today, but I know at last check what I saw was that he was questionable. But, you know, Jaden Mayava, yep. if he has to play, he's played well. Yeah. They're 3-1 straight up, 4-0 against the spread. The lone loss came in Ann Arbor. They covered that number. Uh, the Rebels, they've hung 45-40 and 44 in their other three games, including that win over Vandy. But listen, they, want, they run that rapid-fire fashion offense, and I think it's going to handle this outband of wide defense. So I hope it's not famous last words. I'm laying doubles with UNLV. Wow. Shocker. And uh, Timmy Chang will be there, Scott, but he will not be on the field. He'll be on the sideline. <laughs> I wouldn't be laying doubles if Timmy Chang was right. still behind center. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, college side, real quick. Uh, give me one from each one of you guys. Marco? Uh, you want to talk about situations? Syracuse. Clemson had what I like to always refer to as the dream crusher game. Losing that second game of the season, they're out of the playoff race. Uh, I got Syracuse. This is their, their Super Bowl on their home field. Clemson has dominated the series, but I don't think from a, a covering perspective, though. Yeah. But uh, then again, you know, look at Clemson had Florida State's number. I was number. Gonna say, so seven in a row. Yep, yeah, doesn't matter. I don't know. Scott? I'm going to go NFL since I went college with that first one, and I'll, I'll back the Ravens plus the field goal over Cleveland. Uh, Baltimore, the favorite on the look ahead, so there's been, I think, an over-adjustment. Uh, they were heavily banged up last week and lost that game to Indy thanks to a pair of 53-yard field goals, one with about a minute to go in the fourth, and, of course, the one in overtime. They still rushed for over 180 yards in that game. Much healthier this week. Multiple players returned to practice this week, and the one thing Lamar can do is render a pass rush ineffective, and he's expected to be the healthiest he's been all season. And, of course, Cleveland relies on that strong pass rush. I think they'll be hamstrung by Lamar a bit here. And then offensively, the Browns have been able to run the football, but the Ravens are strong against the run. And then as far as any kind of angles or situations are concerned, Harbaugh does such a great job at getting his team refocused. They've been a massive bankroll builder against the spread on the road off an outright loss as a favorite. I like him here, plus three over Cleveland. I know you guys uh, really love value. You love getting value at the sports book, and you love getting value uh, at the restaurants as well. But I'm going to give you one, too, and, and, and Scott's a guy that likes to go to different stadiums and go to games, all right? Uh, I noticed neither one of you guys touched on the Broncos and the Bears this week, right? Uh, you want some value? You can get a ticket right now to Soldier Field for that <laughs> game for as low as Nemchuk, drum roll, please. That's right. You can go to Soldier Field and see this dynamic game for as low as two dollars and eleven cents. Go Bears! <laughs> yes. So Russell Wilson will be in the in the, in the uh, stadium. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, two dollars and eleven cents. True story. You you lose seventy to twenty, <laughs> and you're a favorite on the road this week. They're favored next week over the Jets at the look ahead by a field goal. Right. I mean that's pretty impressive that you're favored two weeks in a row. Or it just tells you how bad the Bears and Jets are. <laughs> and, again, probably too much value with Sean Payton, right? Now, when is that sure. going to come to a, a crashing halt? Hey, if he goes to New York 0-4, Sean Payton, <laughs> do, you, do you think Nathaniel Hackett will pick him up at the airport? 
I got some advice for Sean Payton, guys. I don't know if you've seen this one uh, Twitter address, and I'm not going to give him free advertising. He does a fantastic job at deep fakes on Twitter. And he's had, like, coaches from Iowa State screaming and yelling at fans, and I swear to God, if you didn't know it was a deep fake, you would think the coach was losing his mind and should be fired the next day because he's calling out fans and I'm going to kick your butt in the parking lot. You would think it was the coach. You know what Sean Payton needs to do about that comedy made about Nathaniel Hackett? He needs to come out and say it was a deep fake. I never said it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy Saturday's game, man, at UNLV, and, and, and good luck with your action, too. Take care, guys. Good luck to both of you. Appreciate you. There he is, Scott Spritzer. Go to DocSports.com. Subscribe to Scott's Plays there. And, uh, again, even though I guess technically competitors, I like to give both of you guys love. Marco D'Angelo over at wagertalk.com as well, too. And I know you guys are both former teammates together under the Wager Talk banner, but uh, Scott uh, does a great job at Docs, and, and you do at Wager Talk. So it might not be conventional to, to give love, but, hey, we have Pepsi and we have uh, Coke commercials uh, and we got, uh, you know, lawyer commercials uh, rival in, in every show. So giving you hey. love, man.